Hello, friends and church leaders, and welcome to the second episode in our series, Finding Your Purpose in the Body of Christ. We are your hosts, Becky and Carrie Holton. Hey, everyone. Yep, and thank you for listening in today. We sure do appreciate it. Before we get to some new content, let me offer this brief programming note. Next week, we plan to publish the fourth episode of our ECL Circle Group Podcast. For those of you who may not know, the Circle Group Podcast is a way for us to connect with our community on a deeper and more personal level. It's a way for us to better engage with and continually thank our financial partners. In these monthly video podcasts, We share the ups and downs of our ministry efforts. We converse about what's going on in our current projects. If you would like to become a member of our circle group and get access to these monthly video conversations, let me encourage you to go to buymeacoffee.com slash Carrie and Becky. Yes, buy me a coffee. Well, buy me four or five coffees. That'd be great. Twelve or (laughs) thirteen. Right, right. Uh, Anyway, your donation to that particular site will help us to keep most of our resources free and easily accessible. Your financial partnership will continue to allow the effective church leaders ministry to impact church leaders, churches, and people who don't know Jesus yet. So, to sign up for the Circle Group, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Carrie and Becky. You can make a one-time donation or you can sign up to give monthly. And by the way, we have put a link to the website in the description of this podcast. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com slash Carrie and Becky. And thank you folks for your support. We appreciate it. And especially thank you for keeping us well caffeinated. <laughs> right. I have no idea how essential that is. Well, honey, let's get to this week's content. All right. In our last episode, we discussed some of the relevant principles for the church today from 1 Corinthians 12. And in this episode, we want to consider another biblical passage on this topic. But before we do, hon, why don't you give us a quick review of last episode number 146. Glad to. Well, from a study of 1 Corinthians 12, we drew these conclusions. Number one, there are varieties of gifts in the church, and all of those diverse gifts are necessary for the healthy functioning of the church. Mm -hmm. Number two, God distributes the gifts as he wills. He is the one who determines who has which gifts. Number three, Every follower of Jesus is gifted, so no one can say, gifts, what are those? I don't have any. And and number four, gifts are given and should be used for the common good. So again, if there are folks in the church who are not using their gifts for the health and growth of the church, it's the church that suffers for it. That is absolutely right. And we also talked about the importance of every member of the body of Christ finding their purpose in the body. That's something some Christians may not know or acknowledge. Each one of us has a purpose in the body of Christ. Each one of us has a purpose in the church of which we're a member. And I think it's really important for us to figure out and to find our purpose. Yes, each one of us. And the first step toward finding our purpose, honey, is to identify those gifts. So if a person can identify his or her God-given gifts, that will go a long way toward they're finding their purpose in Christ's body. That's right. So now that we're all up to speed, let's cover some new ground. What do we want to discuss today? All right. Well, 
I don't know. Uh, our listeners probably already know this, but there are really just four places in the New Testament where gifts are described and discussed. One of those is 1 Corinthians 12, which, as you said, we discussed in last week's episode. Mm-hmm. The others are Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. And today we want to spend some time, particularly in Romans 12, and if time permits, we will move on to what Paul writes in Ephesians 4 and then what Peter writes in 1 Peter 4. Okay. Why don't we start by reading the passage, the one we just referred to as Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. Do you have your you have a Bible there? You want to read that? I do. Let's see if I can find it here. All right. Um, 12, 3 through 8. Okay, here it is. And today I'm reading from the contemporary English version. All right. I realize how kind God has been to me, and so I tell each of you not to think you are better than you really are. Use good sense and measure yourself by the amount of faith that God has given you. A body is made up of many parts, and each of them has its own use. That's how it is with us. There are many of us, but we each are part of the body of Christ as well as part of one another. God has also given each of us different gifts to use. If we can prophesy, we should do it according to the amount of faith we have. If we can serve others, we should serve. If we can teach, we should teach. If we can encourage others, we should encourage them. If we can give, we should be generous. If we are leaders, we should do our best. If we are good to others, we should do it cheerfully. There's that body metaphor again. I think Paul really likes that analogy. In fact, I think it's one of his favorite ways to think about the church as a body. I think you're right, yeah. And, of course, uh, that's just verses 4 and 5 from Romans 12, mm-hmm, right? right? Where Paul says, far as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. And, you know, just as he did in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul seems to be stressing the necessity of the diversity of gifts or the diversity of members in the church. And and even though we are diverse, and even those in the body, it's made up of all different kinds of members, even though there's all that diversity— there's still unity. We are still one body in Christ. Paul is saying, I believe, that each part of the body carries out its own function. At least that's true in a healthy and vital body. Each part, each member, it does its thing. And the church should be like that. Each member of the church has a task to do or should have a task to do. So it is only when each member of the church performs his or her job that the body of Christ is going to function the way it's supposed to function, don't you think? Yeah, and I like that thought. Each member has a task to do, a role to fill, a purpose to perform, and the church only functions as it should when each member performs his or her function in the body. You know, we can we can certainly see the truth of that idea in the human body. If the eye is not performing its function or if the thumb is not performing its function, well, it's just going to mess things up. It's pretty debilitating to the whole body. 
Why would the same not be true in the church of our Lord? If each member is not doing his or her part, performing his or her God-given, God-gifted function, well, it's going to mess things up and the whole church is going to suffer. Right. Then, uh, honey, let's let's move ahead. As, as we make our way through this text in Romans 12, Paul begins to list seven specific gifts. And here they are. Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, and showing mercy. And before we talk briefly about each one of these particular gifts, can't we say that Paul is not giving us an exhaustive list of the gifts God gives to his church? Oh, I absolutely believe we can say that. That would be true of 1 Corinthians 12 as well. But Paul's intention when he gives us these gift lists is not to say, okay, these are the only gifts God gives. We should not see these lists as exhaustive. So one cannot say, well, I don't have one of those seven gifts that Paul mentions in Romans 12, so I guess I'm out. I'm just not gifted. I don't think we can say that. And also, before we get to the seven gifts in Romans 12, Let's discuss some general truths about this passage. Good idea. Yeah, well, first, I I think this passage urges us to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it may have been Socrates, the ancient Greek philosopher who popularized this phrase, know thyself. We're really talking about self-awareness here, aren't we? Right. You know, it is true that we, we don't get very far in this world until we know what we can do and what we cannot do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, each of us needs to make an honest assessment of our own capabilities. I think that's one of the first essentials of a useful life. Absolutely. So how can we become more self-aware? I think that would be a great discussion. We could talk about understanding our own personal history, how that has impacted us impacted our life story, if you will. We could talk about the importance of frequent self-reflection. I mean, how many of us take a few minutes and step out of the chaos and self-reflect? And we could also talk about the need to seek honest feedback from others about who we are and what our gifts are. You know, we all have blind spots, and often we don't see ourselves the way others see us. And as we are trying to identify the gifts God has given us, one way of doing that would be ask others how they see us and what they see as our gifts and our abilities. But I think probably more on that in a later episode in this series, don't you think? Yeah, good idea. But that's an important conversation to have. I think so, yeah. You know, this passage does urge us to know ourselves, to to know our gifts. And, And I think it also urges us, honey, to accept ourselves, Mm -hmm. to accept the gift or the gifts that God has given us. That is, we are not to envy someone else's gift. We are not to complain and regret that some other gift has not been given to us. We are to accept ourselves as we are and use that gift which God has given us. Yes, I, I think so. Even if we find that the contribution we have to offer may be unseen or unknown, or without praise and without prominence, we must make that contribution, knowing what? That that contribution is absolutely essential. Right. Uh, that without it, life and the church can never be what it was meant to be. Ooh, I like that phrase, what it was meant to be. The church will never be what it was meant to be 
if there are some members who are not using their gifts. That's right. We do need to know ourselves, and we do need to accept ourselves. But I think we should also add something from Romans 12 that we highlighted in 1 Corinthians 12, and that is Paul is saying that whatever gift one has, that gift comes from God. He writes in verse 6, for example, in this particular passage in Romans 12, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. There it is, according to the grace given to us. God is the one who has distributed the gifts as he wills. Yes, I wish we saw it that way, um, that God's given the gift, and we don't put human preeminence on certain gifts, that they're all they're all important. All important. Yeah, and surely Paul is saying in that passage that whatever gift a person has, he or she must use that gift. And we just drop the human perspective on that. And the motive of use, you know, that's another thing to consider. It must be not for his or her own personal prestige, but for the common good, for the good of the church. I wish more of us in the church could see that it's just really our duty and our privilege and our responsibility to make our own contribution to the common good for the health and growth of the church. We have an obligation to use the gift or gifts God has given us. We are not, um, we're not qualified to sit and fold our arms across our chest and judge other people's gifts and how the church is or isn't growing if we're not using what God's given us. I like what you say there is that we have a responsibility to use those gifts, or we certainly do. Yeah. Okay, hon, uh, let's talk about the gifts that Paul mentions in this passage in Romans chapter okay, 12. Good. The first one on his list is the gift of prophecy. And by the way, this is really about forth-telling the word rather than foretelling. Hmm, okay. Yeah, that is, uh, the gift is not really about predicting the future, not at all. It's about speaking for God. In fact, the word prophesy literally means to speak for God. So think of preachers and teachers when you think about this gift. They are the ones likely that have the gift, the gift of speaking for God. Okay. The next one, Paul, lists is the gift of service. We translate that Greek word into the word service or ministry. In trying to understand that, I think, you know, think of the term practical service. Some people just have a gift of showing love for Christ in deeds of service to others. And the next one Paul mentions is the gift of teaching. When you think about it, the message needs not only to be proclaimed, it also needs to be explained. And God has given to some people the gift of being able to explain more complex truths simply, to communicate truths so that all can understand them. And I have certainly benefited from people who have the gift of teaching in my spiritual growth. Well, you and me both. The next gift that Paul mentions here is the gift of exhortation. And of course, this is the gift of encouragement. And don't we all know people in the church? who have used this gift and have helped all of us. Oh, my goodness. There are people that are just like moths to a light. We yeah. just feel pulled to them because they have a way of helping us stand up, dust ourselves off, and go at it again. They know? just have that way. They just have that special way of encouraging us. Well, and there's people who have the gift of sharing. They're, they're givers. Some people have just been blessed with the ability to give and share um, people with this gift should be generous because Paul writes, it is the gift of showing kindness and it must generous, generous, I can't say that word, be generous <laughs> with it. You got to spread it because if we need anything in this world, it's more kindness. Yes, we do. 
And then the next gift in his list is the gift of leading. I think this is interesting. You know, some people do have the gift of leadership. Mm-hmm. They've been given that from God. Well, well, really, each one of us is a leader to some extent. Right. I mean, if we have influence in a person's life, that means we are leaders. But, but I think Paul seems to be saying here that some have been given a special measure of the gift of leadership. You know, honey, I think this is a problem today in many churches. We hear about this from people who write in and tell us what's going on in their church. Maybe they ask questions. The -hmm. real problem that I'm talking about is finding leaders. I mean, I know that there are churches who need elders, for example, but finding those men who will serve as elders is often problematic. I do think that we can say that there may be fewer and fewer who are willing to give up their leisure and their pleasure and their time off to undertake leadership in the church because it's an important responsibility. Yeah, I think that may be one reason why some men don't want to accept the mantle of leadership. Maybe maybe they prefer their leisure and prefer their pleasure. Uh, I think there probably are other reasons, too, why why there may be fewer men today who want to use the gift of leadership. You know, we were in a church recently, and we asked a group of men why finding men to be elders was such a problem. And I thought that their answers were very informative. One of them said, well, elders tend to have a target on their backs, and Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't want to put myself or my family in the crosshairs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is true that elders often receive the most criticism in the church. Mm -hmm. And another one said, well, our elders give a word of exhortation every Sunday morning. They rotate that responsibility, and I I just don't have the gift of speaking, so I feel that I am unfit to serve as an elder. Hmm. Well, you know, maybe our churches ask too much of elders if they expect them to get before the church on a regular basis and speak. You know, elders need to be apt to teach, according to 1 Timothy chapter 3, but there are many ways to teach, including teaching by your example, for for example. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And I recall you brought up another objection, objection that you heard, and that was some really feel unfit and unworthy to serve in a leadership capacity. They're just not ready. And you know, maybe, maybe that's okay if you're not ready, but maybe that is a sign that you are ready. Mm. Because I don't know any leader in the church that says, oh, yeah, I'm there. I've arrived. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I like that thought. I like that. Well, well, as, as we end this brief discussion on this particular gift of leadership, all we're trying to do here is encourage you men to serve. If you are asked to serve as an elder, please prayerfully consider that invitation because the church needs you and God needs you to use that gift that you may not even know that you have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and finally, Paul lists the gift of mercy. This is the gift of showing compassion and showing forgiveness. What we need to be sure to notice, I think, in Romans 12 is that Paul expects those who are gifted to use their gift. He does not envision that one would be disinclined to use the gift God has given or that one should be lazy and not use his or her gift. He's trying to encourage Christians to use whatever gift God has given them. So true. So true. Hey, honey, why don't we why don't we save our discussion of Ephesians four and first Peter four for our next episode in this series? What do you say? I think that's a good idea. But before we we close, let's review just a little bit. 
Paul's passage in Romans 12 urges us to know ourselves, to accept ourselves and our gifts, and to use whatever gift God has given us for the sake of the church and the cause of Christ. So, my Christian friend, if you have the gift of teaching or serving or encouragement or or sharing or leading, by all means, use those or that gift. The body of Christ needs you to use that gift so it can be all that God meant it to be. And before we close, just one more reminder that we plan to publish another circle group conversation next week. And if you don't already get that conversation in your inbox and you would like to, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Barry, <laughs> Becky and Carrie. I said Barry. Slash Carrie and Becky. Yes. Buymeacoffee.com slash Carrie and Becky and sign up and keep us caffeinated. Good. And can you believe our daughter actually set that up on that website? for people to get onto this circle group podcast, buymeacoffee.com. She's amazing. I would never have found such such a website. I well, she amazes <laughs> yeah, she amazes us else. every day. Her ideas, you may not hear a lot from her, but a lot of the good things that go on here are from her and her ideas and of course our God who she is, helps all of us, but she is definitely part of the team, isn't she? She's, she's chasing a toddler and coming up with these great yes, ideas great and idea. then her husband Bryce, in all of his spare time, ha ha, helps implement it all. Yes, yes. They are the people behind the scenes. We may be the ones um, that you hear from, but don't think we're here alone. We're exactly. so grateful for them. Okay, well, thank you, friends, for your prayers, for your interest, for your support, for your participation in the Effective Church Leaders Ministry. We sure do appreciate it. Where where we step in to help church leaders and churches with their specific needs. Hey, let us know how we may be able to help you. Until next week, may God bless you and your service in the church.